0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how
1: are you today? Doing all right. What's going on, man?
0: Not too much. Got good news yesterday uh, on the Titans front on the practice field. So we'll get to all that here in just a minute. Before we do that, you reminds me right from UCMiracles.com. The Titans for SB Nation, so you can check us out there. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry's at T Lambert FB. Get the podcast where you get your podcasts. Just search out Locked On Titans. So Marcus Mariota returned to the practice field yesterday in a limited basis. On a limited basis, uh, if you follow any of the you know local beat guys, uh, you could you can go and watch uh, all of his throws from practice yesterday. I've never seen so many practice throws on a Twitter feed. Um, and I did a post on on Musings Miracles as well. So all of that there. Uh, was out there without anything on his hand. Wasn't wearing the glove. Um, didn't have his hand wrapped or anything like that. Um, I, just, I thought his nose looked okay. I mean, I, I think it's dangerous for us to sit around and you know watch throws on a Twitter feed and determine how healthy a guy is. But I thought the fact that he they got they got him out there yesterday at least limited, and, and we'll see what he does on Friday. I thought that was a good sign, and I think that if there was a chance that he wasn't going to play, I haven't seen the practice field at all this week. So I'm assuming at this point that he will be out there. I I guess that's not definitive. But, again, I I just can't see them running him out there and and him looking as healthy as he did and them not letting him play.
1: Yeah, good that he's at least trying to give it a go. I mean, you heard the stuff at Wednesday. His entire right side was numb, and, and you had Ian Rappaport saying this wasn't looking good. Uh, so Marcus on the practice field—that's all you can ask for, uh, you know. And I, I really don't want to hear anything about. Him. You know that was—that's what everybody wanted to talk about after the game and when he went down at halftime. Uh, it's pretty clear he's got something going on with that, that elbow. He's got some sort of nerve issue. So uh, the fact that he's even trying to give it a go—that—that uh, that makes me happy. Uh, this guy, you know, we're talking about the the Carberry Church into Oblivion last year uh laid out a linebacker on a block a couple weeks ago. So I don't want to hear anything about Marcus Mario's toughness, especially if he plays on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and listen, the people that want to question that, um, I, I just go back to the guys in the locker room. Like every guy in that locker room talks about how great he is, how much of a leader he is, how they run through a wall for him. And those guys would not be saying that if they, were, if they questioned his toughness. And, and trust me, they know better than we do uh, about what's going on there. And, you know, again, I don't think that if if they thought he was soft or whatever, they would come out and say that. They wouldn't say anything. And you constantly hear his offensive linemen, especially, talking about playing with him and all that kind of stuff. So all that stuff is dumb to me. I mean, I I just think people, and they need a narrative, and and we were talking before we jumped on. Listen, I love Steve McNair uh, more than just about anybody, uh, Titans fans, and like, we have this memory of Steve McNair that doesn't necessarily know with what the reality was. McNair missed a lot of games. He missed a ton of practices. Now, I mean, he played a lot of times on weeks where he didn't get any practice in at all. And he obviously played through some really tough things. He was, he was a really, really tough dude. But when you look at durability and availability, um, go back and look at the you know the numbers of games he played and stuff. I mean, it's not much different than what we're seeing with Marcus. So, you know, I think everybody's just like, oh, he needs to be like McNair and gut it out. And, yes, there were plenty of weeks where McNair didn't practice all week and then went and played, but he also missed a lot. I think we just need to end all that. Like, let's end all of our evaluation of how tough or not tough Marcus Mariota is. Again, if there were issues with that, if this team had problems with that, you would not hear guys in the locker room saying the things. Now, you talk about how he plays on the field and his numbers and all that stuff like that, that's fine. Uh, you, you can talk about that however you want to. But just the whole, like – He's not tough. I, heard, I had someone else tell me, you know, when things aren't going well for him, he, he bows out, you know. And like, I mean, you made me, we were talking, he was 10 of 13 in that game on Saturday. It's not like you know, it was just, it was a disaster. So um, we, we can quit with all that, I think, at this point. Um, a couple other injury notes. One, Corey Davis popped up on the injury report yesterday, limited with a hamstring. I, I don't know. From, from what. From the videos that they that were posted from about Marcus, Dowen and Davis was out there, he was running around fine. Uh, you know, you don't ever like it when a guy shows up on Thursday when he wasn't in on Wednesday. But it was limited. We'll see what he does on Friday. Um, no no real cause for concern there until, you know, unless something happens on, on Friday. Uh, Arak Poe got back on a limited basis in practice. He hasn't practiced in two or three weeks. Uh, so they got back. Sharif Finch has been full all week. Tajay's been limited, but I mean he's been limited really since he hurt his ankle in warmups. I think before the Dallas game, so I would assume he's going to play. So they're fairly healthy from from the perspective of the guys that they have available to them. So that's a good thing. And and I don't know. I mean, you know, at this point, it's just kind of everybody's got things they're dealing with, and you just hope that again the guys that are available can be out.
1: Yeah, a rag poem Finch that's big. You know, I, I know hasn't done much this year. Uh, but when you're talking about Jarell Casey being out, if you can get, uh, he's a guy that's done it before. You know, Sherry Finch is, is another big piece, uh, a guy that's really flashed. Uh, you know, you go back to the preseason, that guy was all over the field. So kind of creative with, with their pass rush. We've talked about that all week. Maybe it's something uh, to to where, you know, you rush Derek Morgan from the inside and let him kind of replace uh, Jarell Casey on those passing downs. Maybe do the same thing with Brian Arakpo, like, like you mentioned before we went on. Uh, and let Sharif Finch and uh, uh, Harold Landry handle outside duties. So I think they're going to have to get creative. But, you know, hey, it's an opportunity for Dean Peace to give Indy some, some new looks, some looks that they haven't, maybe something they haven't prepared for. So that's that's kind of the optimistic way of, of, of looking at things. But, um, man, they're really going to miss Terrell Casey because he was the one guy that you could consistently count on to get off a block and, and, and kind of blow up that pocket. So somebody's going to have to step up. You know, my money's kind of on Harold Landry right now. I think he's got the most ability, the most explosion out of anybody up there. So uh, I think the Titans need a big game out of him if they're going to beat Andrew up. Yeah, absolutely. They're, it's going to – I mean, somebody's got to step up and make a play that we're not necessarily
0: counting on uh, to, to make the difference in this game. All right, coming up, we'll look at the Titans' offense against the Colts' defense.
1: Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So, I mean, obviously the Titans the last few weeks have been, you know, hand the ball to Henry, let him do his thing, where defense is down. Effective, uh, I mean, you know, had the, the the big plays against the Jaguars, and then, you know, the, the Giants just pretty much let him wear them out. Um, it was not as effective against the Redskins. I thought maybe they went away from it too quickly in that game. But, listen, the Colts' rush defense is good. And, you know, the thing that we talked about before the first matchup with the Colts is we didn't really buy into their defense. But th- their defense has been legit. Like, I-, I mean, you can look at who they've played. If you look at, like, on Football Outsiders, their schedule does rank 32nd as far as, you know, offenses they've faced. So, I mean, there is, you, you know, there is that to it. But the last couple of weeks, I mean, they faced... Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley in the last couple of weeks, and pretty much limited both of them to you know well below their season averages. Um, they haven't given up more than, or since their bye in week nine, uh, they've only given up more than a hundred total rushing yards twice. So they have been doing a good job of limiting the opposing team's rushing attack. Now that doesn't mean that the Titans should go away from it here. I think the Titans should absolutely try to impose their will and try to prove that they can you know, do what they, what they want to do, what they've done the last few weeks, um, you know, and, and control the game on the ground. But I didn't necessarily set up it's, – it's not a matchup on paper that you look at and say, look, the Titans have the ball 35 times, Derrick Henry, that, the, you know, that's strength versus weakness. That, that's what the game plan here should be. It doesn't set up like, up like that. Again, not, not saying they should go completely away from it, but they're probably going to have to put up some some stuff through the air to score points in this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. obviously, Marcus Mariota being out there opens things up for you. Uh, yeah, I, I go back to the Jacksonville game where he didn't start. He he was act, but um, you know he's too banged up to to play. He was he was going to be the emergency quarterback. Well, Blaine Gabrick gets knocked out, so Marcus Mariota comes in, and what happens? He starts running around. Uh, it but it worked. Uh, you know, it's strange because he was hurt. Uh, you, you really didn't want him taking any more shots, but he kept running around and making things happen. Yeah, uh, you know, the Titans offense wasn't great that day, but they did enough, um, and they leaned on the defense. So I don't know if you're going to be able to lean on defense in this one. Probably, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, Marcus being out there obviously opens up the playbook. Just wonder how much they're, they're going to let him run around. Yeah, you know, that, that's, that's another wrinkle. Uh, they, they could throw out there, but uh, they've held Ezekiel Elliott to 87 yards. Uh, the Colts have held Saquon Barkley to like 46 yards. Uh, they, they've done it against the league's best. I don't know that the Titans can win this game with getting 80 yards from Derrick Henry. Uh, I, I think they're going to need more than that. I think this game is going to be won or lost at the line of scrimmage. Um, particularly on the Titans side. You know, this offensive line has to open up holes for Derrick Henry. They have to create big plays for Derrick Henry. If they don't, I'm I I'm I'm not i am i am not going to feel real good about this one.
0: Yeah, and again we don't we don't we just don't know how limited Marcus Mario is gonna be. Uh, you'd like to see them, you know, take a couple shots early in this game to see if they can loosen some things up. Um, like you said, how much do they want him running around? Because you know they, they've called the last two the last two times that Marcus has gone out, they, they've called the injury a stinger and have not really said anything. I mean, you know, there have been reports that it's a stinger. It's not related to the owner issue that he had in Week One in Miami. But I mean, you know, I don't buy that. Uh, if you've seen the way that he's you know gotten hit or gone down, in both of those instances, it doesn't look like something that would necessarily cause a stinger if there wasn't an issue already there. So to me, it's a thing that's just, if it gets hit right, th- th- this happened. Um, so I don't know what, what, how they feel about, you know, letting him run around and stuff and, and do all that kind of stuff. We'll have to see. But again, you know, listen, week 17, all bets are off, winning in, I mean, you, you got to open up the play, do whatever it takes. You can't hold back for next week because obviously if you don't win, there's not a next week. So I would expect them to, you know, all, all, everything's on the table and just, just kind of see where it goes from there. Um, Listen, the, the, they're going to need a big game from somebody, I think, on the outside. If, it, if it's Corey Davis, I mean, I think those are your two most likely suspects. Um, the Colts have they play a lot of zone, and that's something that, that Corey Davis has struggled with, or at least you know the the Titans' offense has struggled with getting able to get the ball to Corey Davis. Um, you know, it be different. They tried to feature Deion Lewis in that first matchup. Um, that was kind of you know when Derrick Henry was in the doghouse a little bit, and they had they you know kind of looked like they had kind of moved on from him. Um, so this game's going to be different. So I think they need a big game from him. But I think they're going to have makeable plays on the outside uh, because I, I don't think 17 points is going to win this game. Uh, we'll, we'll get, Like I said, we'll get to the defense thing in a minute in, in the matchup there. But they're going to have to have somebody else step up and from Derrick Henry to win here.
1: Yeah, I agree. And we talked about the play action earlier in the in the week. Um, I, you run that play action to Taywan Taylor. Uh, you want to take advantage of his speed. You better look the um, free safety for the Colts, who I, I think me and you both loved pre draft a couple years back. Uh, a true center fielder, a guy with just incredible range. Um, so that, that might take that over the top um, feature out of this offense. Maybe get them the safety coming downhill. Maybe he can get Molly Cooker stuck in the box. Um, I agree with you, though. Someone's going to have to step up on the outside in the passing game. You know, last week it was Michael Pruitt. Uh, it, weirdly enough. So, you never know where it's going to come from, but you know, I I think Marcus Mariota is going to be the X factor here. Maybe potential on the ground, but again, we'll have to see how limited he is.
0: Yeah, that, that's going to be the thing to watch, and I, and I think we'll know early enough as far as what they're doing with him. You know, some of the plays that they're running. So, I, I, again, I think he plays, and I, we'll just see where it goes from there. All right, coming up, we'll wrap it up with talking about the Titans' defense against the Colts' offense. So the Titans, you know, on defense, it's going to be – this is going to be a, a game plan thing with Dean Pease. I mean, he's going to have to come up with something here because you don't have Jarrell Casey. So you don't have your that just that natural interior push. You don't have Hogan Ryan, uh, who's been, you know, a guy that's been in the secondary, been their slot corner for the majority of the year. You're going to have to mix and match. You're going to have to do some things, like we were saying earlier. If, if Brian Arakpo can go on passing downs, um, you know, having maybe one defensive lineman on the field, and then having a combination of Derek Morgan, Arakpo, Correa, Finch, Rashawn Evans, Harold, Andrew, I mean, however you want to mix and match that. But the, the Titans' defensive line is not particularly good. play, but with Jarrell Case, it's kind of a disaster. So you know, I would be surprised if the Colts try to establish the run in this game a little bit because, you know, again, if you want to just look at what the what the opposing team's weakness could be, out, you know, it that it, it could be – they could be able to be attacked on, on the ground. Um, you know, we're talking the weather uh, beforehand. We're talking about it. You know, there's rain. It's supposed to come in late Sunday night. It would be nice if I could get pushed up a little bit because, I mean, I think if you have a game in the element of speak, it definitely favors the T-Bowl is being played at Nissan Stadium on Friday. Uh, the Titans have had field condition issues in the past, so I mean, I hope they chew it up in, in the game in the New City Bowl, and it's it just you know you you want for track in this game because I, I think that that is an advantage to the Titans. Um, you you slow down the the speed guys, the Ty Hilton, and that kind of stuff on on that side of the ball, and, and you know it'll be fine with Derek Henry. But I, I just I really think that to to slow down this Colts attack, Dean Pease is going to have to come in. We talked about it a lot the other night. Um, about how they need to do something on offense that the Colts haven't seen before that they don't have on tape. I think you need something similar from the defense. I think you need something to come out and at least early confuse Andrew Luck, kind of help do a slow start. Maybe the offense can get some points and kind of change the way the game goes.
1: Yeah, and the good news is you're going to have to do that uh, without your your best defensive player on the football field. So uh, I don't wanna, this Titans run defense has been weird all year. Uh, I don't know how you go out and stop Saquon Barkley. Uh, just literally bottled him up. I think he had 30 yards all day. And then Adrian Peterson just ran wild. Uh, and you know nobody left the field. Those same players. So now you're talking about losing your best defensive lineman, and you got to just just a, a of average guys. You know Austin Johnson, Daquan Jones, they're fine. They're 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 serviceable. They're not difference makers. So I, I think the 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 burden is going to fall on these linebackers: Leslie William Evans, Jalen Brown. I think they're going to have a lot of uh, matchups in space uh, against Marlon Mack. You know, Matt getting to the second level; those guys are going to have to wrap up and make a tackle. So, uh, I think uh, I think there's a lot of responsibility there. You know, Kenny Vaccaro too. Uh, they're going to Marlon Mack's going to them, Um It's going to be cold, potentially rain. Uh, we'll see if we can get that that rain moved up. Like you said, we'd love to have it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But it's not like you can. Key. you know, the Titans have been able to key in the past couple weeks on the run because there's been average quarterbacks back there. Andrew Luck is not average. Uh, he's got plenty of playmakers, Ty Hilton, all these tight ends. Eric Ebron has been fantastic this year. Uh, you know, just a few weeks back, you remember the Colts running a bunch of uh, formations with, with a bunch of tight ends. So uh, they're going to attack the middle of the field. They're going to attack deep with Ty Hilton. They're going to run the ball with Marlon Mack. It, it's a really tough matchup. Dean Pease is going to have to coach the game to, to slow them down.
0: Yeah, and listen, Dean Pease has been really good this year. Uh, I think we're all pretty happy with, with the way the Stevens has played. You know, top-ten scoring defense for the majority of the season. But, yeah, this is – this is for both these coordinators, this is kind of an arm your type of game um, because just, you're at a disadvantage health-wise at this point. And, you know, again, like you said, it doesn't make any sense that they can go up to, to, to New York. You know, in a, a game on the road, and stop Saquon Barkley, and Pearson runs all over him here. And, and you know, your your first your first instinct is well, you know, against the against the Giants, they did not really necessarily have to respect the pass as much. They could load the box. I mean, it's the same deal against the Redskins. I mean, they weren't afraid of Josh Johnson hitting big plays down the field. It just didn't it, it didn't work for whatever reason. So, um, listen, this is this is a game. I think you, you've got a lot of other other factors playing in. Uh, it, the, it sounds like it's going to be a sellout. Uh, you know there were there were a lot of tickets available earlier in the week, but uh, it's not like it's going to be a sellout. I think it will be Titans fans. You do have some. Uh, don't get me started on Colts fans because of Peyton Manning that live here, but that's a, that's a <laughs> different issue for a different day. But I, you will have some Colts fans in the building, but I think it will be majority Titans fans. I think this city is finally excited about this team, um, and and so I think it'll be a good atmosphere. I think you'll definitely have a home field to your advantage. Ah, uh, which Titans have you know not necessarily had at times in, in certain games. So, I man, I think you've got that going for you. I think you have maybe some element conditions, you know, whatever it may be. I, I think the the biggest advantages that you look at when you look at this game on paper and, and you see are not necessarily on-the-field type things. They're they're kind of the things surrounding the game. But those things do make an impact. And, you know, I feel much better about this game, you know, being here than we were in Indianapolis, uh, just for all the reasons. You know, that's indoors, on on the turf, all, all that kind of stuff. I, I think all that stuff is, is, is an advantage for the Titans. But they got to come out and do it. And you made a point before we started. Have the Colts, at least the Andrew Luck, Colts, against the Titans, have you ever just seen one of those performances that, we're t- that we see all the time from the Titans? They come out flat. Against the Colts, and you know, just just the game's over before halftime. You know, you you don't typically see that from the Colts. Um, for that for that to happen for the first time, I mean, even last year with Jacoby Brissett, I mean, it took you know the whole game really uh, for the Titans to to gain control. Um, I, I don't expect the Colts to this to be the you know, first time in ten parts or whatever it is for Andrew Luck for them to come out laying eggs. If it happened. But, again, I just think it with, a, with the atmosphere and all that stuff, I, I think that definitely benefits the Titans. And now we just kind of got to see them do it on the field.
1: Well, the good news is we know it's possible for them to lay an egg. Three weeks ago in Jacksonville. Uh, the Jaguars shut them out. Uh, the week before, the Titans blew out the Jaguars. So that, that's weird. I, I, don't, I don't know how that happened. Uh, but it, it's certainly in the realm of possibilities. that they come out and lay an egg. Yeah. I, I don't think we mentioned the line here. The line's just come out because of what's going to play now. Um, Colts minus three. Uh, So road favorites, you know, home team typically gets three points. Uh, That's kind of the rule of thumb. So Vegas thinks the the Colts are are points better than the Titans, which, you know, given their their recent history against the Colts, I I can't really argue with, given the the injury situations, I can't really argue with. But, you know, thank goodness the the game's here. If the game was in Indy, I would have already thrown in the towel because I don't think the Titans can win in Indy right now. Uh, with the current, you know, like all, all the factors that you said the, the weather, the outside, the prime time. You, it sounds like you've got Marcus Mariota. Uh, maybe, just maybe. Uh, I'm not completely shutting the door on, on this one. But once again, I, I think it's going to take a, a Herculean effort from both sides of the ball to win this one. Yeah. And
0: listen, it's going
1: gonna, it's gonna to be fun
0: no matter what. Um, you, you know, and listen, the, 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 we talked about the scenarios and we can just run through them really quickly again. Um, you know, so when we're when we're recording tonight, it could be anything from you know seasons over talk to the dra- talk about the draft. Number six seed for the Titans, number two seed for the Titans is still in play. AFC South champs is still in play. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that can happen. But what the Titans need to win the is for the Jaguars to beat the Texans on Sunday, and then for and obviously the Titans to beat the Colts. Uh, listen, the Jaguars, it's a weird team, man. I mean, they, they announced this this week that Blake Bortles is starting, uh, probably his last start for the Jaguars. Um, and, and we know Bortles can be, you know, he can be good. It can be terrible at times as well if we can get good Blake Bortles, if we can get that defense. Because their defense is still healthy. They just, you know, have, have not played well at times. But if they can decide to show up one more time and, you know, spoil the Texans season, maybe the, maybe the South's on the line in this game. Um, you need the Patriots to lose. You need the Patriots and the Texans to lose uh, for the Titans to get the two seed. So uh, you know, there, there's a lot of, and I guess the Ravens as well. I don't think the Ravens are factor in this anymore. But so uh, you need the so Patriots. I uh, think play the Jets, I think. So I mean, that, that's kind of a long shot. Uh, the Texans play the play the Jaguars, and the Ravens are playing the Browns. So you know, you get some losses there. You, you've got to check about a first round buy. Like I said, so anything from you know two seed. Four seed or six seed is basically kind of what they're looking at. And, you know, I mean, again, th- there's so many things that have happened this year. It's just, it's it's unbelievable that we're sitting here at this point talking about the possibilities that we're talking Again, you know, it, it could all be over Sunday night. But I, I just think it's a testament to this coaching staff and what they've been able to do with kind of all the factors that have gone on around this team to have them in the spot. Sure. There are games that you look back on, either a disaster or the Titans let it slip away or, you know, whatever it may be there are plenty of those, but that that's kind of the, the case with, with any NFL team, but for everything that's going on here to have the Titans in this game, in this situation, and again, third straight winning season, all, all that kind of stuff. So any final thoughts before we head into this game?
1: Man, I, I'm. I'm just kind of sad. It's going to be Blake Bortles' final start for Jack, for the Jaguars. You know, <laughs> I, I feel like we should do an entire podcast dedicated to that. Uh, you know, you just kind of hope he goes out and, and, and lights the world on fire again. Last year, maybe the Jaguars can keep him around. But uh, no, it, it's 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 been a bizarre season. You know, whatever happens, happens. Um, I, I feel like the arrow's still pointed up, and that's, that that kind of gets lost in in the shuffle of, of this tough season. But uh, I, I feel like the Titans are in good hands. I, there's been times where I i don't know about this this coaching staff. Um, but, you know, I, I think they've done enough to all stick together, come back next year, and uh, give Marcus Mariota some, some continuity. That's uh, something he hasn't had. So um, it, there's plenty of time to talk about that. But hopefully, somehow, maybe, the Titans can cap this weird season off with a weird
0: absolutely yeah like you said i mean there there, there'll be plenty of time to examine everything that went on during this year but i mean i think they are a a good off season away from having a really good team um and you know again just kind of let it play out and see what happens so that's it for today like i said we'll be Monday night to record and you know who knows what we're talking about but it's it's fun to be in this spot and hopefully they can come out and pull off another upset and and we'll have more football to talk about in the meantime, you see miracles. We'll have more on this game, a lot of Terry during the game and all that stuff. So check us out there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Jim MCM and Terry's at t lambert fb. So we're Terry. This is Jimmy. Thanks listening, and we will talk to you Sunday night.
1: Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network. But why stop now?